Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Those Movie Dudes Podcast Show. My name is Spencer, and I'm joined by my pals and co-hosts, Nate and John, on a bi-weekly basis, or just kind of whenever we feel like making an episode. And what this show is, is we select two films that we think would make for a solid double feature. Whether it's similar themes, tones, filmmakers, award accolades, as long as we can connect the dots in some way. This week, we decided to do something a little bit different. We decided to pick a director and pick two of his films to discuss on the podcast. And the director that we chose is none other than David Lynch. All of us haven't been too familiar with David Lynch, besides his YouTube channel where he picks a number out of a jar, numbers 1 through 10, and he does the Daily Weather Report in Los Angeles. But back in the 80s and 90s, he used to make some pretty bizarre films. So we decided to pick two polar opposite David Lynch films. The first being Lost Highway, which is a weird, bizarre, hard R, very David Lynchian type movie. And then we decided to pair it with a G-rated Walt Disney film called The Straight Story, also directed by David Lynch. So those are the films that we're going to be discussing on this episode. Uh, Make sure you stay to the end because we're going to announce another Director Spotlight episode. So stay tuned to find out what filmmaker we're going to discuss on the next episode. And without further ado, enjoy our discussion of Lost Highway and The Straight Story, directed by David Lynch. Swirl the numbers. Yeah. Come on, you were doing so good. <laughs> I don't mind when it movies do have stuff time. playing during the credits, like outtakes or like bloopers, like, like horrible bosses booth? and we're the Millers. Like sure. being there, they do those like yeah. blooper reel <laughs> where it's like kind of funny, and you can watch the credits and laugh at everyone like fucking up the lines. That's that that's fun. Like that's cool, it's, especially for it, a comedy. It's funny uh, when they do that for animated movies when clearly like they weren't Monsters actual Inc. outtakes. They're just making outtakes with animated characters. Like when did that happen? Because I know I that sounds familiar, but oh, I can't t- think of the movie. Toy Story's done it. I know that for sure. Okay. Monsters Inc.'s done it when yeah, yeah, like, yeah. the a door opens and she's like, "Hello." Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> I haven't and seen Sully's them do it like, in a while. Oh my but God. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. And you yeah. just bought what is it? The, the Coker Cocker the Coker trilogy. Coker. Yeah. So it's three Iranian films by that same director that takes place around the city of Coker. Cocker. Hancock? No. Will Smith? No. Oh. No. Fuck no. No. Definitely not. No. No, So this week we're talking about Hancock with Will Smith. Uh, John Foot Penis? It's Hancock now. (laughs) (laughs) And here we go. Yep. And there's my reference. John, that's all I need. Are you going to participate in the Criterion 50% off sale? Because there's only like 10 days left. Well, here's the thing: is like I bought three last sale and have yet to take the plastic off of them. So... Um, you're sick i know it. I, sick. I feel sick inside the fact because i still don't know the ending of parasite i still don't know it's yet to be spoiled for me but i i need to be able to put it in the xbox and watch it so i'm giving you till january 1st of 2022 if you do not watch parasite i am spoiling it for you can we just watch oh. it on the show we i wouldn't mind little, yeah uh, i wouldn't mind if parasite popped light. back up because i have only seen it once and it was yeah what if we did parasite and memories of murder i would do a bong joon ho <laughs> Uh, I've uh, seen director most Spotlight. of his movies though. I don't know. I, There's I don't gotta know be I, one or two that one we I could, haven't seen. We could add in here or um, find another thing because we watched with. Mother, which is another one of his big ones. Nate and I watched Memories of a No, yeah. Nate and I watched Memories of a Murder. I've seen that too. Yeah. I think I'm pretty sure. Uh, well, you watched uh, you watched Mother with us. I definitely watched Mother. Watched Mother. That was for an episode. We all watched the, watched the other one too. And I've seen Snowpiercer. I've uh, never seen that one. That's Oak one Joe, I wasn't God. a big fan of. But we should do Snowpiercer and Parasite. That would be a good double feature, I think. That'd be sick. Nate, have you seen Snowpiercer? I haven't. Okay. All I know is it's kind of similar, but on a moving train. Similar to what? To Parasite, as far as like the class oh, systems sure. and like the rich oh, and poor okay. kind I of would thing. Know. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, or I mean, Oakjo would also be a very interesting movie. To revisit. I mean, that's have funny. You, so have you guys seen that one? That's two Bong Joon Ho no, movies I've gotten halfway through and turned them off. It's by far the weirdest one I think that he's done. It's like a ginormous pig, and like this American company that wants looks to like, like an elephant. Uh, manufacture it to just feed a bunch of people. It's adorable. It's like loving say that. girls like no, it's my pig. And then Nicholas Cage. See, I love like, stories like pig. that. Yes, that is not part Where's of the movie. Where's my pig? Where's <laughs> Rachel? Can you imagine though. That's it. We could triple feature Oakjaw, uh, Snowpiercer, and Parasite. Why the hell not? Or 
Yeah, that's quite a depressing Ocha, week. <laughs> pig and Babe, Pig and City. Every movie pig with again. a pig ever. <laughs> we have to do one podcast on it. We we could okay. do Babe one and then Babe two, Pig and City, because <laughs> they're both directed by George Zip, not George George Miller, right? The guy George who Miller, did uh, yes. Mad Max. Yeah, he did the Mad Max movies. So oh, we could do we God. could at least do Babe and then Mad Max Fury Road. Who voices the pig, Mel Gibson? <laughs> no, I, I think it's so. just a regular pig that just goes on adventures. I'm Babe. <laughs> I think it's Charlotte's Web that has all the voices. Uh, I just know that. Yeah, yeah. Babe uh, doesn't talk. Uh, babe no. talks. No. I don't know. I really don't know. He just makes like little grunting sounds, like ooh, ooh, wink, wink. <laughs> All right. Well, do you guys want to swirl some identities and tractors? Swirl the numbers. Preferably oh, tractors, I you were say but swirl some balls. Yes. Swirl the number. Uh, yeah. No. Ball has a number. We watched two David Lynch films for the podcast this week. We decided to do something new, something a little different with two films. Uh, So we're covering two films directed by the man, the myth, the legend, David Lynch, who doesn't make movies anymore. He just makes little YouTube videos every day talking about the weather report in Los Angeles, and he picks a number between 1 through 10 uh, out of a jar every single day on YouTube. Today's number is 2. But back in the day, he used to make uh, some pretty weird and bizarre films. Uh, so the films that we are going to watch is uh, Lost Highway and The Straight Story. Well, we already watched them. Correct. Yes. But we're here yes. to talk about them on Absolutely. the podcast. Yes. And if you can believe it, it's a Friday once again here in L.A. A foggy, cloudy morning. I think the first oh, movie that we should it. talk about is Lost Highway uh, and save the straight story to kind of end the episode with. Because um, Lost Highway is very much so David Lynch. And if you don't, if you haven't seen a David Lynch movie, basically just extremely weird, very abstract, not very linear, kind of violent, kind of sexually charged as well. <laughs> he makes some very strange movies. Um, more of his like well-known ones are The Elephant Man, Mulholland Drive, and Blue Velvet. Lost Highway is kind of more of his, I don't know, lesser-known films, I guess. Uh, what about Eraserhead? Yeah. See, I mean, that's that, the, that is my introduction to David Lynch, was walking into the living room. You and Nate are sitting down. Spencer's probably in his <laughs> yeah. yoga bow. Nate out on the futon. And then it's just this weird scene with like these pieces of skin falling from the ceiling, and there's some dude on a stage. I don't kind even know. Yeah. There's <laughs> also this like woman with a really massively wide head, like dancing, like on the sure. stage, like It's like a hammerhead shark human being just dancing yeah. around. I, I, that was my introduction at Racerhead. I've seen the poster. It was already just strange. So I didn't know what I was getting into this week. Um, but here we are. Here well, we are. there's no safe there's no safe place to start with David Lynch. Apparently not. I think we discovered one though, but we'll get into it a little later. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, Lost Highway is way more just kind of in his wheelhouse of just making very weird and bizarre films. But if you haven't heard of this movie, basically it's about I mean, who knows what it's really about? I mean, we're gonna get into it, but the IMDB plot synopsis is an anonymous videotapes presage of musician's murder conviction and a gangster's girlfriend leads a mechanic astray. It's like the first five minutes of the movie. That I mean, well, in a sense, but it tells you nothing. It's basically just a, a scene that happens nothing. in the movie. <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. Yeah. a gangster's girlfriend leads a mechanic astray. Yeah, that's also something that kind of happens in the second act. But it's very much something, something else, and it's up to interpretation, I think. And I think a lot of people have different interpretations of it, so I am interested to kind of get into it uh, on this episode. But it also stars Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman, sorry, Patricia Old Arquette, man. Gary Busey, and Robert Loja. Loja. Wait, I just was reading it Robert when you were doing Loja's the intro, in and I was like, it says, by God, it's Robert Loja. Wait, holy shit. I don't think I've ever seen Robert Loja. O as in, oh my God, Space. it's Robert Loja. L as in, look over there. <laughs> yeah, Robert he was, he was Mr. Eddie, <laughs> and um, oh, uh, the Dick Laurent <laughs> is dead. Yes. Dick That's Laurent. It. Yes. Okay. That is it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Robert Lozier also plays Dick Laurent. So he has uh, yeah. his two characters in the movie. But yeah, no, I, when I saw his name in the uh, opening title sequence, 
I was instantly just anytime I see his name, R as I'm in spelling it. Robert Motrin. I really need to mention right now, and uh, this might be off podcast, but I feel like this should stay in. I'm on the Lost Highway IMDb page, and I have a ZOA advertisement looking right at me with the rock saying, "Energy oh, yeah. for a healthy, positive life. Enjoy your ZOA. Enjoy your ZOA." If you go to any of his <laughs> movies on IMDb, I always get the fucking ZOA ad. That's like the, the first time I've ever seen that. And it was so funny. A David Lynch movie. It's like, enjoy your Zoa. <laughs> enjoy your Zoa. <laughs> Zoa is good. Actually. Uh, <laughs> true, true. Straight up, yeah. Sorry. Continue. My bad. Um, but yeah, uh, anyways, this movie has it, it has a positive rating on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's kind of low. It's at a 62%. Audience, mm. though, it's at an 87%. So that is a lot higher than I would have thought it would be at. IMDb 7.6, which is pretty good for IMDb, and Letterboxd 3.9. So it definitely has a fan base. The audience, I would say, likes it more than the critics, because what the fuck was happening in this movie? Well, I think he <laughs> makes it for a certain audience, and I'm kind of I kind of surprised that it's not the opposite. This seems to be made more for critics, no? Like, because it's it's very um, filled filled with well, mystery David, and questions. David Lynch and... is not much of a structure guy you know we go to film school you are you're taught a structure on how a film should be first act second act third act all that stuff sure david lynch is a sensory director he goes for making the audience feel a certain way doesn't really care too much about structure i mean it's it's kind of there it's more just kind of ideas presented that's that's kind of how you can describe david lynch in terms of directing but yeah no nate you obviously watched lost highway what did you think of this bizarre tale? So, just to like start this off, I had to watch like a 15-minute video after the movie just to tie everything together. I think so I've watched that three. Anything. <laughs> I've watched three yeah, separate ones like, that are all saying different things. That probably could have helped me because I haven't done that <laughs> at all. So. And as far as like enjoyment in this one, I actually had a pretty good time because it, it had this mystery behind it that a lot of David Lynch's films have where you're just kind of like, all right, if I wait out all the weird, it'll kind of figure itself out. And a lot of the times it doesn't really happen. So I had to watch more about it, but it's just so odd. His style is just so bizarre and he just leaves you in the dark about everything. Like he'll show you one thing and then immediately the story changes. And I'm like, yeah, wait a second, what happened to this story? Is this an anthology? But then it like all ties itself together. Right. My God, some of the themes, and you have to dig deep to really understand what's going on through this guy's head. And really not that difficult, but Lynch made it difficult. <laughs> right. Like he makes movies where I'm always intrigued while watching it and like what's going to happen next. But it's still like I'm still very unsure throughout the entire experience. I'm like, I, I don't know. Because yeah. like, I think the first 40 minutes, there was three or four twists and turns with the story where it all of a mm-hmm. sudden was going down a different route. I'm like, oh, wait, what type of movie is this going to be? Because so much stuff was happening. And then, yeah, it, it does a whole character bait and switch and it starts kind of like place beyond the pines it just starts following a whole different like storyline but then as as it goes on more and more is kind of revealed about like oh there is kind of some connectivity with it yeah john you just watched this today uh (laughs) you're very much i'd say a structure type of fan when it comes to movies i don't Uh, mind structure that's why the second movie i watched i was like structure i mean well to be fair i did actually watch a straight story first so that was my quote-unquote introduction to david lynch aside from elephant man uh which it's been a long time since i've seen that so this movie was absolute insanity it was mysterious it was weird it had some crazy filmmaking style that i actually didn't mind because i don't know i just wanted to kind of understand what david lynch is all about since all i've seen is him on youtube swirling the numbers (laughs) world the numbers I don't know. He really does. He has you asking questions throughout the movie because I'm like, all right, what is this really all about? Like, is this like an alternate universe type thing? Are the is this going to be like a, a malignant storyline where it's the same person? Um, you really there's just these multiple kind of scenarios that you're trying to like simmer over in your head as to what the hell is actually going on. And 
according to you guys, you really didn't know at the end, so I don't feel stupid because I still don't really oh, no. know. It's I, know, it's I still don't know, even <laughs> after watching three analysis videos, and one of them was like 20 minutes long. What do you guys uh, think? Do, do you have something that you've kind of settled on? Because for me, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. It'd be interesting the video to see. I watched explained it pretty well. Okay, because for me it'd be interesting to yeah. see some sort of like prequel to kind of get some sort of understanding here. But it's really hard to know after one viewing of this movie concretely what the hell happened. Yeah. But all I can say is I did like it a lot. I was very intrigued by this movie because so. the the movie starts off and you're following Bill Pullman, who is a jazz musician, and he has this beautiful girlfriend played by Patricia Arquette. Oh, man. And you can sense that something is kind of weird in their relationship. Like, maybe he's abusive. Maybe he's just kind of just, I don't know. He's very just paranoid. Standoffish. And standoffish. And controlling, maybe, too. And so when the movie was going, and like I said, the first 40 minutes, like three or four twists and turns happen. So as the movie was starting, I'm just like, okay, so where are we going to go, David Lynch? What are we going to do? So like, okay, so he's paranoid. Does he have schizophrenia? Does he have a split personality disorder, like like split, like James McAvoy or something, yep. like where he just yep. kind of goes into a, like a, a different state of mind and he doesn't remember stuff? But then other stuff would happen, too, where it would just make me think otherwise, like the, the whole mechanic storyline with Pete and that being a big chunk of the, the second half of the movie. I was like, wait, what, what what's happened? And then... Patricia Arquette, she's playing a different actress. I'm like, oh, wait, they're going to connect it back. And so I'm constantly was like, what the fuck is going on? But I was always intrigued. I was never bored while watching this. So uh, this is I, I'm thinking, sorry, Nate, go, go ahead, Nate. Oh, no, I was just going to say, this is one of those movies that um, it keeps me interested because you know at some point there's hopefully going to be some sort of resolve to make it all connect. Because a lot of times when a movie has that, that's like a really that's a satisfying feeling because you're like oh there it is that's how it connects this one didn't as much it was like it it was almost like relying on the audience to figure it out for yourselves which we kind of had to do but it it was it john you shouldn't feel stupid just because this did (laughs) feel very like okay how are we supposed to interpret this and (laughs) I, Bravo for David Lynch for making me think, but I, yeah, I had to look afterwards. I was like, I, I need, I need it to be uh, solidified. I wrote in my notes right there. We'll need to rewatch because <laughs> I yeah, just, I mean, this is this is a movie I was like, that, what is happening here? It's a movie that there's no way you can watch this one time. Even being like a film enthusiast or a film critic and seeing thousands of movies, like it's hard to know what the storyline is really all about because at my first thought was like alternate universe. Cause they have that weird scene where it looks like um, Pete is like entering a different realm or something where they kind of overlay shots of uh, the other character and Pete. And then like the girlfriend's behind him, like screaming and then she disappears and like oh, and that... the parents like run out. Onto yeah. The that's lawn what I'm trying, yeah. That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. It's like, and then they go back to it like probably 45 minutes later. I'm just like, Oh, so maybe he like, I don't even like, it's so confusing, but that was my first thought. And then it really just like throughout the film, you're just like, I don't really know. Is it the same person? Is it just like, I I don't have another explanation for what I was yeah. watching, I guess. Cause it, it's you know set I mean? up, it's set up like he kills his wife uh, and he gets arrested yeah. and goes to jail. And he's on death row. And this happens. Yeah. This is probably like 45 minutes into the movie. Uh, and he's sitting in the prison cell. And then all of a sudden he like, got, like these blue lights start flashing and he morphs into a different person. Yes. And he gets released. And then all of a sudden we're following this new character named Pete, who's a mechanic. And then there's a gangster that kind of shows up and, uh, as mechanic shop and has this Mr. really hot girlfriend a. who is the exact same actress and, uh, just different hair color um alice. Patricia, oh yeah it's renee not, and alice renee and alice yeah she resembled yeah. renee but yeah same actress but she's kind of like a she's a whole different glow up like she's blonde she wears these like beautiful dresses and stuff uh that are like white she wants stuff. it bad like yep. she just wants to have sex <laughs> to get away from this like mobster dude eddie um who somehow has a connection with this other dude that um the other character was somehow involved with or his his wife was somehow involved with so like the connection that this movie tries to make throughout 
were really cool. Like, I like how it really tries to make all these connections. But as a viewer, I was not able to make the connections because, like, it just shows you, like, picture frames on the on a table and trying to explain it. And uh, then it just tries to confuse you over again after that. So, I don't know. Was there two Alice slash Renee's or was there no. one? No. There so was yeah, just one. I am curious to know what, what you saw for analysis or what you what you think might be going on here okay. and then i'll compare and contrast what i thought or so heard uh, the word that i would like say that might help clear it up is desire what i got after like learning about what was going on and stuff is everything that we see that's pete and this alice renee character that's all a figment of the bill pullman's character and like because when spencer like you said at the beginning you thought he felt um was maybe abusive towards her kind of thing i saw the opposite i saw her being dissatisfied with her life with him because like he couldn't satisfy her that time like they're in bed yeah that's true. Yeah. I, I only I only thought that because of when the police detectives came over and were kind of asking about this mysterious videotape. Like she kept on answering all the questions, but like kept on him. looking at him as of like, is it okay that I am answering this mm-hmm. kind of thing? I don't know. Yeah, but, I get that. Yeah. And then there was a flash where he's in the jazz facility and he sees her walking out with another guy. Yeah. So I feel like he thought she was cheating on him. And maybe that's why he was all down and kind of led to him killing his wife, maybe. But everything with Pete and the girl, it's basically Bill Pullman's character in the jail cell thinking about what his life would be if it were different. And so he'd be a young guy. The blonde that he meets, of course, looks just like his wife. Different version of her. Because that's what he wants. And how he just kind of gets tied up into all this trouble and the more he gets into this like this false reality that he wants the longer he stays in it the more the real life kind of seeps in so that's why shit starts to hit the fan towards the end of the pete story because it's becoming too real this the second kind of thing they're after they have sex in the desert as pete and uh, alice she whispers mm-hmm. in his ear like you'll never have me and the next scene that you see of pete it's back to fred because it it killed yeah, he stands up yeah exactly yeah yeah so it's like oh and now he's oh, back man. to reality and the reality is he is in a prison cell awaiting death row and that famous end when he's running away from the cops and he's freaking and he's out. shaking. That's him getting electrocuted. That's him being killed yeah. for killing his wife. And so, yeah, so we watched a very similar one, I think. Maybe, if not the same one. Because the movie is, yeah, it's about fantasy and how we desire our lives to kind of be like. Or just, yeah, like this cool guy that has like a girlfriend that he can satisfy. And then he's got this kind of gangster cool, like, friends and stuff. Like, that's kind of like... You know, like, that'd be kind of cool. And then also this, like, the side chick that's super hot and, like, can have, like, some, like, some, you know, Let's adventures. Let's not forget that uh, Gary Busey is his dad, which must have been his overall fantasy. That probably, yeah. I mean, you I know what I mean? Like, Gary like, Busey. Sure. When I saw Gary Busey, I was like, oh, my God, this is, like, the pinnacle of this film right now. Why is he in this? And why is he not acting like crazy Gary Busey right now? He's very and, tame, Gary Busey. And so it has that whole fantasy element and it's also about memories and how we choose to remember them because yeah, in the beginning when you see the, the character of Renee, she's just walking around her house and she's always in high heels and like she's mm-hmm. in like a robes and high heels. And so that's maybe him thinking that she was just like this like promiscuous slut or something that just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, fooled around with the gangsters and stuff. And also at the end of the movie, you see, uh, a pornographic uh video or image that they're all watching at a party and yeah. renee is in that and she has like the same get up with the, the red hair and the haircut and the high heels and stuff and maybe he saw that picture of her and got jealous or got, got pissed because she's having an affair was in a porn and he's also the whole movie the audience is thinking it's like oh no fred is uh innocent he didn't kill his wife like that's how they kind of set it up but it's also how he's choosing to remember that, that he he thinks that he's he, He's innocent and stuff innocent, like that. But he's not. Yeah. Like, yeah. But the only thing that doesn't make sense to me is the whole... That character is dead at the beginning. Because Fred answers that. 
but then in his mind, he's the one saying it. Like, that's where it kind of loses me. Completely. Because Do we know... he ima- he imagines himself running up to his own house and saying, so-and-so is dead. When he, in reality, did hear that. So I don't know why he was in that position, but then it just ended up to him being chased by the cops and leading to the very end of the movie. So I don't know if they had... That was just like a red herring, maybe? Probably. Like, Probably just a way think, David but... Lynch was like, oh, it'd be kind of fun to connect it this way, like a little loop or something. But Yeah, I, I... but everything after the Pete story, I was just like, okay, this character isn't real, so if he goes away, that's why. And so that's kind of how I was able to hold on to like my sanity through this, because when they start throwing in other characters, I'm just like, okay, who am I supposed to be... And like, right and the now. mystery man, the bald old guy, is like his subconscious and like his his hit like the reality yes. of the situation. Like he's always scared of camcorders and stuff like that. And he's like, "Well, you can't get away from me now, bitch!" <laughs> like chasing him. Yeah, like this is your reality. Yep, it's and coming you're back up. Try you're running about to from die it, from death row, bitch. You, you killed your wife. Yeah. I think there's yeah. just so many but... different ways to interpret this movie because everything that I just said in the beginning of this recording was not what you guys just said because i it wasn't what i got out of it when i watched it you know I, what i mean like no me either I, yeah i was like wait why was he driving away from the cops like what happened to this pete guy yeah and, and it, it, but then they really yeah. do try to throw you for a loop and the way that you guys or at least maybe the people you watched have interpreted it and you've under you've come to understand the actual meaning behind the movie um you know david lynch does a really good job at making you think otherwise like oh is it some sort of like otherworldly reason as to what's going on here is there some other realm is there is the devil involved like mm-hmm. this dude that's really tempting him with these things like oh i'm at your house right now or maybe i'm not so my mind was somewhere else but what you guys have said does make a lot of sense and actually makes the movie a little more down to earth than i thought it was going to be where it actually is what? just a fantasy he's kind of envisioning in his mind um when he's on death row yeah like next time i watch it like, and I, I would tell this to people who have watched it for the first time. Just go into the Pete character just thinking, oh, this is the same character I've been following. It's different. Changes a lot. But, you mean, yeah. Wait, wait, you and mean you just... Bill Pullman, Fred character? Yes. Fred. Yes. Pete yes, was yes. So the Pete character is that character a in life a you desire if you didn't go to fantasy. prison or something. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So that's why if people don't want to be as confused by it, just think of it like that and you might get more out of it. Do you but think that otherwise maybe... we just went into it and we're just like, Ugh. is it possible that Pete is like a younger version of Fred and that's how he wishes he would have been when he was younger? Or is that how he would have wanted to be now? Like he's trying to like relive his younger years or something instead probably just wishing what he had like he probably just imagine a different life for himself i guess Hmm. yeah i don't think it has to follow like like oh the same age type of thing he's probably just daydreaming oh what if i was a young kid was good looking had all the girls right and was able to run away with this one and all that but then just reality started to mix in with the fantasy and that's where it all kind of it is just interesting how it exploded Lynch does at the end with the whole fire he, and stuff. He makes it really realistic with the Eddie character trying to like uh I don't know, I guess kill Pete and then also the detectives that are always on the outside being like, "Damn, this guy gets uh what was the line he said? It was like, "Oh, this guy it's gets more, more pussy than, than a toilet seat." seat. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah. That's that's <laughs> yeah, pretty much." <laughs> the movie also had a very dreamy look to it. Like just from, mm-hmm. it had a very like weird soft glow. I felt sleepy scenes. while I was watching red. it. Lots of red. I felt <laughs> no, I felt like I probably could have because it was a relatively dark movie throughout where it, it's like you need to watch this at night because if you watch it during the day, you don't really get the same feel. And that's what David Lynch can be really good at is just his movies have a feeling to them where it's just like you said, dreamy. You feel like you're watching something that's not really happening, and it's just it, he he messes with your mind. He's really good and at he, it. He Mulholland Drive is extremely similar to this to the movie to mm-hmm. this to movie The Lost Highway because it's very dreamy and like you don't know what's happening. Twists and turns. There's a random character called the cowboy that just randomly comes into the play and just is like the, like mis- false the mystery reality kind of character. Yeah, yeah. David um, Lynch, man. Why don't we wrap this one up and get to a less strange Disney film? 
What do you guys think about that? Are you that? sure? You don't want to do like a two-hour analysis? We probably on could. I mean, we really probably could. We could Just... I could share my screen and we could rewatch it. Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. We do a live nah, commentary. I'm good. Let's do I'm it. good. No. I'm all set on that. It just becomes a live commentary. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, yeah. I, go ahead, Johnny go ahead, boy. I, yeah, I'm just going to say, like, I mean, this movie was fascinating. And, like, getting into it, I was actually kind of excited because a straight story was very slow. And I was like, okay, let's get into, like, a real David Lynch film. And I think that this one was a prime example of that because he throws you for loops. The characters are really fascinating. It's very atmospheric. And I ended up just being very confused throughout, just trying to make something out of nothing and uh you know i it ended up just being a really interesting mystery to kind of just sit there and absorb um and it's one of those movies that i i don't see these very often because we're watching all these mainstream films but it's one that does actually make you think about what what you just watched um and it's one that you want to revisit and figure out and deconstruct and um so it was just a really fascinating movie and the performances are amazing patricia arquette is just phenomenal in this movie love her, love her. she's so good she's we awesome. haven't really talked about her actual performance but she was just unreal um, i think she was it, the standout uh out of the cast for oh, me. i mean for she's sure. the one you see the most and then you know and she's playing almost different characters at times too um and the rest of the cast is great too but i i really do think that i just really enjoy david lynch's style the cinematography in this movie lots of reds and kind of just even even the opening too when he's on the highway it just it really gets you into the tone and the craziness that this movie is about to to be and it feels very twin peaks well that is another I, David I Lynch movie i've not fen- seen <laughs> the At white the fences the the red curtains the dark hallways like it's just it's it's just david i mean lynch. there's a, there's a style. saying it's very david lynchian and i don't really know that what that means at this point in my life i haven't now you do. seen enough but yeah now i kind of have some of an under somewhat of an understanding of that so i i guess uh i'm gonna go four out of five i, I really did think this was a very cool movie um that i would i think deserves a rewatch on my part to really deconstruct it again a four out of five is kind of mm. shocking, especially if, since you didn't really know what the fuck was happening. But uh, but it, I was that, that's a testament to how and intriguing, intriguing <laughs> David Lynch directs yeah. movies. Yeah, so because I mean, uh, yeah, he doesn't spoon feed the audience whatsoever. He just sprinkles little information, and he doesn't even tell you. He just lets you kind of just piece it together. He swirls those numbers, man. Twenty he really does. something years later, he respects <laughs> his audience enough to just be like. Go ahead, figure yeah. this out. Exactly, <laughs> much appreciate that. You mentioned, you just mentioned uh, Twin Peaks, uh, Nate. I I want to watch that show because same. Uh, I heard it's like one of the best things that David Lynch has created in terms of like media uh, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I also heard that he went into making Twin Peaks because like, it's a mystery about like who killed this girl, and he he never yeah. wanted to address who killed the who was the killer. It was just about the people in the town. Do you guys know that People Twin Peaks the is also, uh, it's also... never revealed its killer, <laughs> ever. You just have to keep guessing. David Who Lynch. Yeah. David Lynch. Yeah. Twin Peaks is also a David restaurant Lynch. down here that is basically Hooters. I don't know if you can understand why. But yeah, like as far as David Lynch films go, this is like one of the most David Lynchian types of them. But there were some parts that were a little slow to me. I thought some of the stuff with Pete... Like, and, like, the other girlfriend and stuff like that I just thought was a little unnecessary. Um, But it was nice having the cops to have, like, that kind of comedy banter. So that did help a little bit. But um, not my favorite Lynch movie. But I was, I'm always intrigued when I have to try and figure it out for myself. So I'm going to go three and a half out of five. More than fresh. Uh, But it might take another watch or two to really... to really solidify how i feel about it just because mm-hmm. like you guys said just the twist and turns right from the opening get-go like when someone rings your doorbell and says this person's dead within the first three minutes i'm like okay hour and 57 minutes to go let's figure this out yeah. <laughs> apparently he, he put that scene in the movie because that actually happened to him at his apartment he just randomly got oh, a buzz he that? went to it and then it just said dick laurent is dead and then when he ran to the window, uh, just no one was no. there. And so he's like, oh, that's what? interesting. I'm going to put that in a movie. And that's that ha- just, that that's would happen to David Lynch. That would happen yeah. to David Lynch. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. I I definitely am right there with you guys. 
I just was so confused while watching it, but like I said, I just was never bored, and I was very intrigued to see what was going to happen next. Uh, I do think it was shot in a very interesting way with that like kind of dreamy look to it, and also there were some crazy weird camera angles and camera movements mm-hmm. in some scenes. Like there was one scene I think when uh, Fred and Renee and the cops were leaving the apartment. And it was like bird's eye on them, like walking down the steps. And then it just starts kind of slowly oh, yeah. going down and then like tilting up to them. It was just like, what? This, <laughs> this is an interesting shot. And then there's another shot when he's in the prison cell and it's like shot like up between his legs and like it's oh, yeah. distorting of like, where is he? Because it looks like he's like upside down. But it was just so weird. It just gives that kind of like. What about that uh, shot? Uh, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but okay. it, it's kind of on the same realm here. But the yeah. shot when he's kind of. I forget where he is, but he's going upstairs, and it's a bunch of numbered hotel rooms. And he looks in, and it's all red and crazy and shit. With the, uh, I, I assume Patricia Arquette's character was like almost like screaming at him as she was like, I think she was having sex or something. But it was just like weird, and I, I had no explanation for it. I don't. Yeah. Do you know the significance of that? I'm trying to remember that shot. Was it when he was walking Wait, through the house again? after he killed the guy who lunged at the coffee table, which was a fucking unique kill? I think it was. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that was actually that oh was wild. God. But yes, was I'm pretty, he was he went upstairs for whatever reason, and that's what he saw. Um, yeah, again, I, I think that was just revealing that the character, the gangster, well, that kind of like weird eccentric character that they have mutual friends with is just some pornographic director that has oh, some like studio. Yeah, because okay. they're also at the house going... watching a porn like on a projector. And he's also looking in a random hotel yeah. room, which is like probably alluding to where they shot the movie or something. Like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Maybe. That was wild though for cinematography, is what I was trying to mention. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah. I think the the perfect David Lynch trilogy to get a great sense of the types of movies that he makes is Mulholland Drive, Blue Velvet, and Lost Highway. If you watch those three movies, I think that's going to be a very fun triple feature. Um, and yeah, I was very intrigued by this movie without really knowing what was happening, but it definitely, it's, it reminds me a little bit of Enemy, as in when that movie ended, I was like, wait, mm-hmm. I got to dissect this and I got to figure out what's going on. And that kind of does make watching movies all the more fun because we are so used to spoon feeding in terms of story structure and just, you can predict what's going to happen uh, within the first 10 minutes of the movie. And that's, that's no fun after a while. And so it's always, always appreciative when a movie comes along like this. So I will match... Nate's grade at a three and a half out of five, How but this I is one that I will so probably pick up someday on physical media if it has a good release, Same. because I am very interested to check it out again and see what other interpretations or, you know, what I get out of it on a second watch, because it's interesting and it's very, very David Lynch. All right, as well, David Lynchian as the second film we're talking about, or uh, you guys want to go for a ride on a <laughs> tractor? Yes. Do you mind if I go pee first? Go ahead. Okay. Thank you very much. Nate, would you rather own a Reds tractor or a John Deere? John Deere. That Reds was in bad shape. All right. We are. Wowzers. All right. You ready, Piss Boy? Yep. That's me, Piss Boy. John, your your door and light is at a position where I'm just waiting for, like, just a figure to walk by and just it's like five nights at it's Friday. honestly yeah. pretty bright in here i don't know why it looks so sketchy but it's 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 yeah i don't just know why it... for like an alien from signs just to walk by the <laughs> fucking door frame no you're just gonna have to uh enjoy it for now on all right well on a polar opposite note in terms of david lynch movies we watched the straight story which is a walt disney film <laughs> directed by david lynch and How? it's rated g it is okay. a G-rated Disney film <laughs> directed by David <laughs> Lynch. When I first saw that on IMDb like two or three years ago, I was like, there's no way that's an actual thing. That must be a typo. Like, there's no way he directed this movie. But no, he very much did. He did? He was he absolutely. <laughs> he directed the actors. Movie. He told them what to do, and here yep. we are. And it's the last film that he's made where when the when it entered production, it was going to be a film because Mulholland Drive, that was going to be an ABC pilot. That wasn't going to be a movie. It became a movie in like the uh, editing process, I think. What? And then Inland wow, Empire is just makes... like a collection of shorts that he's kind of made. Uh, and yeah, so this is the last movie he made when he entered production to make a movie. So damn, how about that? Damn, what a way to worth. end your filmography, but still make some stuff like scrolling the numbers. What's it about? Um, Let us know. The straight story has a very interesting log line that if it doesn't make you jump to Disney Plus to watch it right now, I don't know what will, but the plot is an old man makes a long journey by lawnmower to mend his relationship with an ill brother. 
I, sounds kind of hard. So I Sold. I read that and I didn't know. I've I've seen the poster. Spencer photoshopped me in the poster years ago. It's kind of been yep. an ongoing joke until this week. He was like, "Hey, by the way, we're watching this movie, and I think we should definitely post this on our Instagram, Spencer, because I think it, it would be funny." But I I was at my dad's house Hello? last night. I'm like. So I need to watch two movies by tomorrow night. One of them is called The Straight Story on Disney Plus. It's rated G. He's like, all right, yeah, what's it about? I'm like, well, it's about a guy that drives a lawnmower. And <laughs> like, like, what the fuck? I, it's just... Uh, the, hmm. Um, and it's not for kids. It's rated G. Not for kids. And I almost would say not for adults. So who is this movie for, Spencer? Well, we'll get into it. It stars Richard Farnsworth, who is a fantastic actor, Sissy Spacek, who is a fantastic actress, and it stars a bunch of John Deere tractors and red tractors. I think there was seven tractors in total. What was the brand of his first tractor? Reds. Reds. Oh, it was literally called Reds tractors? He got so pissed at it because it broke down, he took it outside and shot him. I thought he was going to kill Sissy Spacek in that scene. I literally thought he was going to fucking murder his daughter. You can only wish. Uh, It has... Critical acclaim. Rotten Tomatoes has got a 95%. Audience has a 91%. IMDb, 8 out of 10. Letterboxd, 4 out of 5. So those are some numbers you don't see every day, especially from David Lynch. So, the straight story. Nate, what you got? Disney, G-rated, David Lynch. How'd you do? Like, the opening (laughs) shot felt like a David Lynch movie just because it was a bright neighborhood. It's like Blue Velvet. White picket fence in the background. Uh... A chubby woman by the house sunbathing with a, a plate full of donuts. I'm like, okay, this is David Lynch. <laughs> and at the beginning, when you hear someone like fall over, I'm like, oh, that person's dead. This is where David Lynch is coming into play. Very sweet movie. Has a deeper message than I think a lot of people would think as far as just human nature and just the drive to keep family together kind of thing it has a really sweet message very slow i will say that just about as slow as the lawnmower uh yeah um but it definitely like when it had moments with other characters introduced it kept me intrigued like the girl who has a hot dog with him or the people who help him fix the tractor kind of thing just you need those little intervals of people to like keep this story interesting and i thought they did a pretty good job at that the scene with the wieners may be legitimately uncomfortable because he's like hey you should eat something she's like what do you got this guy like wieners she's like wieners it's like why don't you come over here and grab a wiener and it's just it Here's a good stick for it. it See, John. See, that's why. That's why you shouldn't watch these movies because you make them like. Well, I mean, it's not my mind. Coming out in 1999, that never crossed my mind. I'm sure it wasn't that weird to call it a wiener, but like just the way this old different parts of the country they say you know different terms for things. Sure, they're in. But then you got to think this guy's like a 70-something-year-old guy. Probably back when he was a kid, he called them wieners, and that's just something that you grow up with. We we call them hot dogs. Just with the whole Me Too movement, I was a little bit thrown off at that scene. I also like that's like all he ate is just wieners. He yeah. Knew, he knew he what he liked. Shoving wieners he didn't even in cook them. Yeah. Um, he didn't even cook them. He, he just ate them. Yeah. yeah. No, it was fine. It's, and, well, she did cook the wiener, but he didn't cook the wiener. He's, he eats the raw wieners. Um, John, you're... Uh, Ray, when, this is what happened in the movie. I'm just mentioning it. <laughs> I'm just saying this happened. I know, but you, I have like a counter up of how many times you say wiener. 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 I, I definitely was really curious to, to check this out because I wanted to see what David Lynch, like what kind of movie he would make with Walt Disney Studios and it being a G-rated film. And like you just said, the the opening scene, you knew exactly that it was a David Lynch movie. Uh, not only just by the the neighborhood and the character sunbathing, just the way that scene was shot. I think it's a mm-hmm. two-minute unbroken take on a techno crane, and it starts really high, lowers down, and then just slowly pushes in around the corner to a window, and then you just hear someone fall. <laughs> like, yes. It didn't yeah. need to be that long, but it is because why not? Uh, and there's other scenes too. Like he cuts back to a tractor in a field, like a massive industrial tractor in a field. Uh, like he cuts to that scene maybe like seven times during the journey. <laughs> it's just this random big tractor in a field <laughs> mowing lawns and stuff. 
It's just yeah, that was a little too much of that. I was like, I get it. He's he's on a lawnmower and he's passing big fields. Like I get it. And it's also uh, crossfade galore. I think there's maybe a hundred and twenty-seven crossfades in this movie. <laughs> but I mean, it's just hey, it's passage of time. He's he's on the road on a lawnmower for every six weeks, scene. doing there's like two hundred and forty uh, miles. Only so many ways to step up the pace of a man riding five miles an hour on a lawnmower that is bound to break down at any given time, which it does. Um, but a couple times, a, a couple times. But I, I think what what I found just really funny about this movie, at least at first, because I was watching it with my dad, we were like, okay, it takes forever for him to get on his journey, and then he finally gets on his journey. Mm-hmm. He's moving. He's going five miles an hour. He's waving to everybody. And then he breaks down. Has to come back. And then there's a shot of him on a truck, and he's so back funny. where he started again. <laughs> he's just riding the back. And the he's people, back again. And I'm his like, friends at the hardware yeah, store are watching, like, hey, look, there's just, you can't go 240 miles on a broken tractor. He no. needs to go get a John Deere. We That's spent a great piece 30, of machinery. Is this a John Deere commercial? Because we spent 30 minutes of him to finally get on the tractor and go. And then the movie's literally is like a middle finger as he's driving by on the fucking pickup truck. He's like, I'm back again with Sissy Spacek. You need the right tools uh, for the job. Hey, you do uh, need a John hey, Deere if you want to drive to Wisconsin, that's for sure. It's just about the journey that this character was going on mm-hmm. and the people that he meets along the way. And like Nate said, the humanity of just people and different vignettes and just life wisdom and just how he can sh- share and shape other people along his way. And it ends and it's, it's not really like resolved like what he was going like to that place to like you know meet his brother or see his brother again and he gets to the uh, whatever spoiler he gets to the porch and then it just cranes up and they don't really talk it's not important the the important was yeah. the journey that he took to get there and when it was all said and done and i was like digesting the film as it was like the next day i was like damn that movie was just fucking beautiful like it is slow mm-hmm. but it has such a deep meaning that's like this is quite impactful and i think it's honestly one of his best films it is very mm-hmm. endearing when it comes to the story like at the surface man on a lawnmower trying to go from one place to another but when it comes to the human interactions in this movie with him and talking to the bikers or him talking to the especially the dude who uh he's like oh i worked at john deere for 30 years man you can't be driving this thing from here to wisconsin and the scenes that he had with him and then the other guy with the old war stories, it's like there were so many moments in this that, movie, especially that one, that all I Nate just reminded Nate me on. that yeah. scene. It's amazing. It really there's a, just so many moments that really are are something to, to take in that make this movie more than what that, it is at the surface. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that scene where they were talking about the war and then he was talking about, Oh, I had a buddy who was a scouter. The minute he said that, I was like, oh, no, like, this is going to get bad. And when he finally finished his story, I'm not kidding. My jaw dropped. I was like, that really threw me off. And then it just cuts on to the next day. It's like, so yeah, kidding. The the journey when he finally gets going on the journey, because, I mean, you also got the lead up to the journey uh, that John did not like. But uh, I did not when when he's on the journey. It's just (laughs) basically little vignettes, little moments along the way, because it's like a six week journey. And I mean, if you just watch him ride on the fucking lawnmower, it's going to be the most boring fucking movie in the world. But yeah, it's like the people he meets along the way. And as he's meets new people, you slowly learn more about him. Like, you learn about his war stories. You learn more about the relationship with his brother. Uh, he gets to give some inspirational words to a bunch of young uh, cyclists and stuff like that. And it's like any time mm-hmm. he uh, is sitting like by the fire, just sitting at, at night, and someone comes over to him, and he just pulls out that chair and hands it to them. I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to get some life, life wisdom, and it's going to be a nice little sweet moment. And almost every time that happens... The, it, it's true. some uh, some strong Nomadland vibes, just with the uh, yeah. the wisdom. <laughs> I almost of... said it's gonna be like it's like Nomadland, yeah. Yeah, and like we don't, he doesn't shit in a bucket. However, he does have a lot of wisdom to give to these young people and even the older people that he comes across uh, during his travels. And you know, I I think just as a younger person myself, um, I did find this movie very just kind of fascinating to see what this guy would say especially to those uh dudes who were repairing his lawnmower and he and like he's like literally on the way to go see his long lost brother that he needs to right some wrongs with and these dudes are just like bickering with each other and you know it's just little moments like that where i'm just like 
I really love this character, and uh, he played it so so brilliantly, and that's why he I got that nomination. One of those one brothers of was in Lost Highway. What's up? One of those brothers, I think, was in Lost Highway. Oh, okay. Oh, really? I think. Okay. I think he was one of the cops. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I think you're right. Awesome. The the taller one with the dark hair. The taller yeah, brother. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Oh shit. Well, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> David Lynch likes to use the same type of people. Um. But all of these stories were just like the woman who's hitting like twelve deer in a few months. That threw me off. She's that like, where are like, they coming from? Like, genuine anxiety. And I love deer. <laughs> and just drives off. Yeah, that was that was made me. That was just an anxious scene because like it's so just like chill as he's just driving along, and all of a sudden this woman is freaking out over. Not to mention deer. when it happens that like, zoom. Yeah, the car passes and like zoom zoom zoom, and then just. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, what is this, Tarantino? I, I, now that we are talking about kind of the little vignettes, I did want to ask, what was your favorite vignette or moment of the film? Or just like someone that he runs into on the document? I listed all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you need a refresher, because um, I think my favorite was the pregnant girl that was running away from home, and they have that whole campfire yep. scene. Uh, I just found that the most endearing storyline, and I liked what he had to say to her. Just. It, I don't know. It just that revealed just, a lot about Sissy Spacek's character too, when he yep. he's able to kind of relate and because you wanted to know what was going on with her because he kind of leaves and you're just like, wait, what? Why is she the way she is? And that does kind of give you some context into what's going on with his family and um, gives him some gives her some humanity as well as him. So and then the way that scene ends, mm-hmm. like the next morning, he wakes up and she leaves him that little like stack of kindling because he he was saying how hard it is for him to go and collect. Kindling, he's got the he's grabber. So old, he's got the grabber. Yeah. So she went and did that for him, just so the next time he lights a fire, he has it. I'm like, that is just like, what a touching moment. <laughs> like this movie yeah. is just sweet. yeah. That's something that would happen. Yeah. Speaking of that moment, you can see I, it I, uh, yeah. one, I it's not like a really, I guess, emotional moment. But when he is in the the Ace Hardware store and he's just trying to negotiate with the dude to get the the grabber. I think it's the funniest scene to me. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that was so funny, and that's actually a scene that my dad mentioned. But he's like, "Why did that go on for so long?" I'm like, "They're old." Like, yeah. they, well, what well, else do they have to do? So, like, it's like, how about five dollars? Like, well, you know, it's gonna take me like two months to get this grabber again. Like, it's a really nice grabber. He's like, "All right, how about ten? He's like, "Ah, gee, I mean, all right, I guess." <laughs> it's like, so it's just Wrap so it funny, dude. And it's, it, it makes you just love old people, and this movie does that pretty darn well. So, mine, mine's got to be when he's talking to the vet in the bar, just because yeah. a lot of times those men who went off to like World War II and all that stuff, Vietnam doesn't matter. They come back and they can't tell their stories because no one understands. But they both understand. So him being there with that other guy gave him the opportunity to like, like, this is what happened to me. And the old man starts crying because he's remembering all this stuff, but he's able to talk about it, whereas he probably couldn't before. And so Alvin was like, yeah, I did that too. I'm going to give you a story as well. And His story this was is why I'm kind of Yeah. Also, and that's when my jaw dropped. I was like, "Oh my god, what have these guys gone through?" That's probably and something that's, they've kept that's inside the one I got it for me. and told almost nobody, you know? That almost nobody over Yeah, cuz no one can understand what they've gone through. Yeah. Like, yeah. And especially Alvin's character when you find out that he took a shot and that guy never came back mm-hmm. and you connect it in your head they don't say it but you know just from the way lynch tells the story and that's when i was like crap okay mm-hmm. yep this one's got me yeah I, I loved how lynch would just reveal things about the character kind of like he did in lost highway just along the way like there's little hints but it's never really revealed until he's talking with the different characters like with the brother of uh, the preacher he finally tells him about like what happened with his brother and just how like you know they got drunk words were said and you know they they left and stuff but you also get a better sense of his motivation on why he's doing this journey and why he's doing it on this fucking lawnmower and he's so stubborn about it because he's like this is the only thing that's going to bring my mind peace is if i do it my way and like i started this journey i got to end it the way i started and just his like his yeah, whole pride with that too. It's yeah. it's very uh, I don't know. It's it's nice. It's a good scene, and he comes so close. It's touching. Finally breaks down, and you're like, no, why? Just yeah. get there. Yeah, 
It's and then it just starts up when that big tractor comes by. He's like, "Oh, yeah, try it again." I was starts waiting. it. Oh, I, it works. Thinking, <laughs> knowing that I was watching a David Lynch movie, I was also just like, "All right, what's a twist and turn? What's going to happen?" I thought he was going to just have a heart attack and like croak out in like the oh, last man. mile, and like I was hoping to God that wasn't going to happen, or like even if he got there and he called out for his brother and like his brother was dead or something. Like even if that had That's happened, what I, I was expecting that. to hear like a gunshot or something. <laughs> oh my god, dude! You imagine it gets that dark at the end. His brother just blows his own head off on the, on yeah. the porch. But then I kept reminding myself, I'm like, wait, no, this is Walt Disney. And this is this is G. <laughs> We're probably not going to go that direction. But the movie definitely is unorthodox in terms of a Disney film. I mean, I don't see Disney mm-hmm. hiring these types of directors to make a movie in their own style. Like they're not just yeah. a director for yeah, hire. They're actually like, I mean. Taika Waititi's doing it with Marvel, but yeah, it's it's been it's been kind of fun to 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 watch that. Yeah, and I think this one just ended. It ended the way it needed to, like because the whole time you're learning about the journey, and he fulfilled his duty. And I think less words spoken at the end is just as powerful as if they were to have a conversation. Yeah, just because you see the effort he put in. And you can kind of see the respect and you can tell what happens at the end that the brother's like, okay, okay. And it reminds me, I I don't want to, it's hard, so hard to not spoil it, but like came out in 99, watch it. Did it it remind you of that scene (laughs) of Family Guy when Peter has the really old friend that they just do a lot of things, drink beers, but they never say a word. And then at the end he, they like, he's he's like, Peter, I'm dying. And he's like, okay. And then walks away. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, it did not remind me of that. I had that um, reminded me of that. Like, oh, I haven't seen you in 10 years. It just kind of reminded me it reminded me of that just that speech that he gave the brothers, just like it doesn't matter what happened as long as you're together. That's all that matters. Yeah. And I think it essentially kind of it ended on a good note that I was I was like pleased with. I was like, okay, good. Ended on a strong one. I he, sat up in my seat when I saw Harry Dean Stanton. Ooh, there we go. I was waiting for someone to say it. Paris, He's the Texas. first credit Harry... on the oh, film. Yeah. <laughs> when yep. the film ends, it just says Harry Dean Stanton as and then whatever his character name was. Paris, Texas Lyle. was amazing. I that wow. The first collector's corner movie we did just blew me away. Yep. Harry Dean yeah. Stanton. No, I was not I, I was smiled when I saw him walk out. I just had a big grin on my face cuz I was like, oh, so I was wondering like who's going to be? Like I wonder if it's going to be like yeah. a recognizable name or something. And it was, yeah, Harry, Harry Dean Stanton. Brad Pitt, yeah. Tom Cruise. You wrote that thing all the way here just to see me. <laughs> yeah. But I, I love the moment where he he's like Lyle and then after 10 years without even seeing his face, he was like What's his name? Alvin. Alvin. Yeah, sorry. Alvin, is that you? Yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, that that's the moment you've been waiting you for this whole time. You come all the way here so. to see me. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> well, I I'll give my final thoughts in grade first because I feel like I'm probably am a little higher than you guys. Um, while watching Definitely. it, it did feel like it was two and a half hours. <laughs> it was like, okay, yeah. I really am watching a man on a lawnmower. But every vignette and storyline and p- person that he met. I was more and more like sucked into the story. And as it's been a couple of days since I watched it, I've been thinking about this movie a lot and I just really appreciate it. And I think it's a very unorthodox David Lynch movie, but I, like I said, I think it's one of his best movies because it's so heartwarming. It has such a nice message just about life and, you know, getting old, it sucks, but you know, it's going to happen to everybody. So just embrace it and just also embrace your your life as it is. And yeah, it's just yeah. it's just a very very sweet movie, and it's a movie that I honestly would watch again someday. Um, so I'm gonna go four and a half out of five. This is wow. like I said, one of my favorite David Lynch movies, if not my favorite. And um, it was a very pleasant surprise because I wasn't really looking forward to it, but I'm very happy I watched it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, mm. I have to agree. I think going in, I was like, oh my god, is this really what this movie is about? But you would hope to God that there's going to be some redeeming moments or just some underlining storylines that really drive this one home. Um, and, I mean, it really did. I, I absolutely love the characters in this movie. I think that it it really does teach some good lessons about kind of growing old and just the wisdom that you can instill on younger people that you come across in life. And just, just the... 
on he's on the road just like instilling wisdom in people and it's just so endearing to watch so um just just based on the little moments that you get in this movie i think it's absolutely worth watching if you can get through the first 30 minutes where if you're like me and you're like oh my god like can we get moving please for the love of god this man just get on the mower get it fixed and let's get fucking moving then i think you're gonna be okay you know i it's on disney plus check it out unlike any other david lynch film that's for damn sure there you go did i did i grade it four out of five no my bad (laughs) that (laughs) was just like a Four out of five is my grade, yes. I, I, I actually, I just went into Letterboxd because I'd forgotten to originally grade it. <laughs> so that's why it kind of threw me off. And while we were talking about Lost Highway, I graded it. But then as we talked about it, I edited grade because I realized that I liked it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I'm matching John's four out of five. It, it didn't have anything that was like blowing me away that like kept me engaged. Like I was so invested but there was enough there where I could appreciate the storytelling. And Spencer, what's the guy's name again that plays Al- Alvin Farnsworth? Richard Farnsworth, yep. Richard, yeah. He's just awesome. He just he fit that character perfectly. And just the determination as well as just the softness that he brought as like, come on, brothers, don't fight. Like, there's no need of it. And like you guys were saying, just passing the wisdom along. Um, elderly people do have a purpose you don't let people say they don't they've got stories to tell listen to them you could learn something so yeah four out of five for me uh great performance very strong uh, message great david lynch film definitely one of his best I also love the scene when he asked to use the phone, but like wouldn't enter the house. And then he also left him like three dollars yeah. as a thank you. <laughs> I'm like, jeez, yeah. Man, yeah he's like, like do you have one without you're too the cord? endearing? Like <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah, stop being so old yeah. and sweet. Like, god damn it, give it, give it up. Yep. So now what? Now we got wow. John. You've never seen Mulholland Drive. Uh, no, I think I, I think not. you got to check that one out now. I think you can handle it after I th- watching. I think I've Lost seen a Highway. fair amount. I've seen Dune. I've seen this movie. Yep. I've seen the other movie we talked about, and uh, I just need to watch Inland else? Empire, Firewalks, and then Twin Peaks. All the fucking Twin Peaks shit. Yeah, yeah Firewalk with me. And that was I think I gave season. that a five out of five. Honestly, if I remember correctly, Elephant Man's fantastic. That one blew me away. I was like, holy crap, this is a good movie. Deformities freak me out. Also, very heartwarming. Good. Yeah, yeah. I think Lost Highway might be my least favorite Lynch movie that I've seen, and that's a three and a half. So, yeah, he's a. I definitely. I I think I would say even though I gave him yeah, both I'd the same grade, that. I would I would give Lost Highway the edge, just because of how fascinating that story really is. David cool. Lynch, have you guys seen any David Lynch movies? Let us know in the comments. What are some of your favorites? Uh, I definitely think a straight story or the straight story is my new favorite David Lynch film. Uh, it's just a very Ooh. touching film. Eraserhead is still my number one, just because of how weird it is. Elephant Man's Jones. Um, and okay, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Was I supposed to say something? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So that's okay. Uh, shit. Elephant Man, uh, yeah, sure. So I thought it was a fun fun time doing a little director's spotlight. I thought maybe the next episode we could do it one more time before I switch things up again. Uh, this is going to be a very different director spotlight, though. The director that we're going to cover is Thomas Vinterberg. He directed The Hunt, which came out in 2012, and Another Round, which came out a couple of year, or a year ago or so, and it won the Oscar for Best International Film. Uh, so he is a great director and both star Mads Mikkelsen. So we're going to dive into those movies next week. God. Nate, you've seen neither. You, you said you've seen neither of these. Neither. The Hunt of them. is quite the movie. I, I haven't seen the wait Hunt. To I've heard that it's one. very sad. I haven't seen that one. It's very sad. It's just but a I, lot. I've seen another round. It's a lot. Um, yeah, but so, yeah, I'm, so we I'm can talk really about cancer culture and uh, dr- alcoholism. So it'll be great. <laughs> alcoholism, very well versed. Let's get it. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, <laughs> that is gonna do it for me for uh, the podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. Quack quack. Yeah, quack quack. Thanks again for listening, guys. We got new episodes of this every two, three weeks, whenever we feel like it, and also makes the boys every single Tuesday. Well, holy shit, you made it to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening to our director spotlight of David Lynch. We had a great time doing this director spotlight that we're going to do it again next week with Thomas Vinterberg. 
But if you guys have any suggestions on maybe directors that we should cover in the future episodes, or maybe just some film suggestions, just movies that we should check out for the show, follow us at those movie dudes and just comment on any post. You can send us a direct message, uh, reply to our story or something like that. Just send us some suggestions on what movies you'd like us to talk about on the episode, and we'd be happy to queue it up for future episodes because we're always trying to expand our film coverage with the different types of movies that we cover and watch for the episodes of those movie dudes. And also, if you follow us at those movie dudes on Instagram, you should get about two to three kind of written reviews of other under the radar films that Nate does. I think he just put one out of uh, the French Dispatch. He's got one coming out on Chopping Mall and just other kind of random films like that. Nate covers those on written reviews at those movie dudes on Instagram. So just give us a follow there, and you can be up to date on all those movie dudes content going forth. So once again. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Those Movies Podcast. Come back next week for another director spotlight with Thomas Winterberg and leave us some suggestions on what films we should be watching for future episodes. Thank you and good night or good morning or just good afternoon, whatever. Yeah, okay. Doodles.